Good morning, everybody. Um, I've not been with you the last two weeks for the for the simple reason that uh, we were in South Africa. I don't know if anybody has ever been there, but uh, we had the uh, opportunity to go to my nephew's uh, wedding, and uh, also we had the opportunity to go to the the Kruger Park, a very famous uh, national park there in in South Africa. So. Uh, I don't know if you were aware of the fact that I wasn't here the last two Sundays. I was, but I'm glad to be back. And uh, God is good, isn't he? God is good all of the time. I've been asked to um, minister from the Sermon on the Mount. If you have a Bible with you, maybe you could turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. And uh, I'm just going to read you these very, very familiar words. I, I have with me this morning uh, some salt that I got from uh, Littles, I think, actually. And then I have, have a little torch as well, and I'll, re I'll refer to that in a, in, in a few moments. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Very, very familiar words of, of Jesus. Everybody's happy this morning, aren't you? I've heard Carl emphasized at the vision night that we're a happy church. So we're happy, aren't we? Let's try to be happy at least. All right. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, in the same way. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Isn't that absolute powerful stuff? Amen. I, I, I mentioned that we've just come back from South Africa. And when we were in the Kruger Park, there was a, a Disney animated uh, film that we refer to quite a lot, and it was The Lion King. You must have seen The Lion King, didn't you? And I like that, that part in The Lion King where um, Mufasa is looking down from heaven, and he's talking to his son Simba. Do you remember this? Uh, you nod your head or, or whatever we want to do, but it, that encourages the preacher. But Mufasa was looking down, and he, and he said to his son, Simba, remember who you are. Simba, remember who you are. It is my conviction this morning that we need to be reminded constantly, probably every day, we need to be right, reminded of, of who we are. And who are we? Well, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Maybe at that point he was looking away from the crowds in general and he was pinpointing his 12 disciples, and he was saying, you are the salt of the, of the earth. You are the light of the world. Or to put it another way, we are the hope of the world. Can you actually believe that? That the Christian is the hope of the world. We were once a part of the problem, but now we are a part of the solution. I don't know if you remember a group, I think one or two of them are still alive. Do you remember the Bee Gees? And they had a song, you're smiling, yeah. They had a song, and the lights all went out in Massachusetts. 
There used to be a time where we were in the place where the lights had gone out. But that is no longer true of us. Paul, when he was writing to the Ephesians in chapter 5, verse 8, he said, You once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Thank God we've been taken out of the darkness and we have been brought into the light. And we are no longer a part of the problem. We are a part of the solution because we are the salt of the earth. And we are the light of the world. I'm almost tempted to get you to say to the person on your left, you are the salt of the earth. Will you do that for me? Just do that. Go on. Yeah. 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 Now say to the person on the right, now say to the person on the right, you are the light of the world. <laughs> now I can see, I can see that some of you are having a problem believing that. But it's true. We've looked at the Beatitudes. They are absolutely fantastic. Beatitude is all about character. But when we come to look at the subject of salt and light, it's all about influence. It's all about the impact that we make upon the society in which we live. And, and salt and, and light at the time of Christ as today, they were, they were everyday things. In, in every home, there would be salt. I find it very hard to get the salt out of this thing. My wife is always giving off to me, and I'm going like this here, and I just can't do it. But she knows she's got the touch. And then when we were in South Africa, we were told, you have to bring the light with you because, you know, in those bushes, you just don't know what you're going to come across scorpions, snakes, all those sorts of things. So you've got to be very careful when you're in the bush. And Jesus used these everyday things to illustrate to us the impact and the influence that we should be making upon society. And there's just some very... It almost seems superfluous to say some of the things I'm going to say, but I'll say it anyways. But Jesus uses these images to teach us some very important truths about the impact that we should be making in society. In Chesterfield, point number one, we must be radically different in this world. We must be radically different in this world. Salt and light. Now, salt uh, at the time of Christ, sometimes people were paid, that their wages were paid with salt. Hence that expression, I suppose, that man is not worth, or that woman is not worth her salt. Because often people were paid with salt. It's incredible. <laughs> Imagine at the end of your week's work, your boss comes to you and he gives you three pounds of salt. He says, there you are, that's your wages. What would you think? <laughs> You'd probably throw it back in his face, wouldn't you? But at the time of Christ, it was very important. A man is, Roman soldiers often were paid with salt. And it was used, before the time of refrigeration, it was used as something to prevent rottenness. So it was in the opposite direction of decay, totally different. And then light is even more graphic. Now, we know what it's like when we're in a dark room and you strike a match. Or you light your torch. Wow. There's such a contrast, isn't there? Now, you don't have to go to Bible school to know this. I think I said this the last time I spoke. But it's true. 
Christians are different to people who are not Christians. In fact, we are radically different. Not, not, in, not in what we wear. We're, we're not expected to wear first century clothing. <laughs> not in, not in our, our, our attire, but in our attitude. Not in our clothing, but in our conduct. Not in what we wear, but in how we behave ourselves. We are to be totally different to this world in, in which we live. And, and one of the tragedies, I, I believe, of the, of the history of the church over the 2,000 years that the church has been in, in ex, ex, existence is the, 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 the proneness of the church to conform to this world rather than being a radical counterculture. Because the Sermon on the Mount is all about counterculture. Jesus, later in the sermon, he said, you will not be like them. You will not be like them. And what is it that makes the difference in our lives? It's Jesus, isn't it? Has Jesus made a difference in your life? He's the person that makes the difference in us. It's, it's Jesus. And, and you may be here this morning, and I, I would never profess to be an evangelist, but I've always tried to do the work of an evangelist. And, and my encouragement to you this morning is, is that Jesus can really make a difference in your life. A total and complete difference. I really had a man stay in my house. This just comes to mind. Um, an, an American pastor. This is when I was up in Scotland. His name was Joel Hunter. And Joel Hunter, he's the pastor of a very big church uh, somewhere near uh, Disney, Disney World in, in, in Florida. And that's, that's an interesting place to go to if you've ever been there. You become a big child again. Well, at least I did anyways. But, but um, he stayed at our house, and, and he, he left me a book that, that he had written. And this particular man, Joel Hunter, he became a spiritual advisor for Barack Obama. Now, how much this man took or Obama took advice from this man, I don't know. But he became a spiritual advisor for Barack Obama. And in the book, he, he used this wonderful illustration about this little girl who was in the car with her, her mother, and they were on their way back from church. And the little girl said to mommy, she says, Mommy, the preacher this morning said that God is bigger than us. And the little girl said, and the mother said, yes, that's right. And then he also said, that God lives within us. Yes, that's absolutely true. Well, if God is bigger than us, and he, and he lives within us, then wouldn't he show through? I thought that was powerful. <laughs> if God is bigger than us, and he lives within us, then he should be showing through. The difference that he makes in our lives should be, should be showing through. We are to be radically different. Salt, as opposed to corruption. Light, as opposed to darkness. We must be radically different in this world.
Now secondly, not only must we be radically different in this world, but we must intentionally, and I use that word intentionally, we must intentionally rub shoulders with this world. Now what, do, what exactly do I mean by that? Just because we are different, it does not mean that we go off in a corner somewhere and we keep the light to ourselves or we keep the salt to ourselves. Just because we are different does not mean that we cut ourselves off from the, the world. Jesus has not called us to go into a monastery. The great example of what I'm talking about is, I suppose, in the life of Jesus himself. He, he was separate from sinners, but yet he was referred to as the friend of sinners. The religious leaders meant that to be an insult, but believe me, it was a compliment. <laughs> I would be very happy if Jim McGlay was known as the friend of sinners. I bet you would as well, Dan and Carl. We would be very happy. We would be delighted if we came to be known as people who were the friend of sinners, but yet separate, separate from sinners. I've got a, um, I don't know if you've ever read the, uh, the message translation, but I like how the message translation uh, paraphrases the words of Jesus here. L listen to this very carefully. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. I like that. I like that. We're going public with this. This is not a, this is not a secret to be kept. The salt needs to get in contact with the rotten meat. The light needs to shine in the darkness. It was my privilege uh, many, many years ago to uh, go to Israel with a group of other ministers. It was one of these things, you know, you go and then you bring a party of people next year and you can go for nothing. I, I didn't do it, but I went, with, I, went, I went on the tour. It was very good. And it's true. For me, anyways, it was. The, the Bible does seem to come alive to you when you go to it. Oh, yeah, this happened here. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. But just south of the, uh, the Sea of Galilee, the River Jordan, it, it, it runs into uh, another sea, which is called the Dead Sea. And I, I went there as well. And, and you don't swim in this sea, you just float on it. Because it's full of salt. It's called the Dead Sea. Guess why? Because everything is dead there. There's no vegetable, there's no fish. They, they just can't survive in it. And some theologians believe that when Jesus um, re referred to the fact that we are to be the light of the world and we must not hide our lives, 
he had in mind a, a group of uh, um, a religious sect who lived on the shores on the west coast of the of the Dead Sea who produced which, what we now call the Dead Sea Scrolls. I don't know if you've ever heard about the Dead Sea Scrolls. They were discovered, I think, 1948, 1949, some, something like that. But, but it, it kind of revolution, revolutionized the thinking of people as regards the, the, the scriptures and the inspiration of the scriptures. And it was found that those copies of, of the scriptures were almost totally in line with the original copies, copies which we had, which proved not that we need that, that, that God's word is true. That we're not basing our lives upon things which are, which are untrue. But this is the ironic thing. These people call themselves the sons of light, but yet they kept the light to themselves. It's conjecture, I know. And really, at the end of the day, it's, it's ir irrelevant, I suppose. Because the truth that Jesus is trying to say here is, is that we can't keep this to ourselves. The salt has to be rubbed into the meat. And the light needs to shine into the darkness. And we need to intentionally rub shoulders with people. Intentionally get into this world. I was um, with my wife and we were in a, um, a bargain store. There's nothing wrong going into bargain stores. If you're looking for a bargain, isn't it? It's okay, doesn't it? It's not a sin to do that, is it? But we went into this, uh, this bargain store. And, and, and by the way, when you're, at, when, you're in, when you're doing your shopping or when you're in for um, um, a meal or w whatever, uh, be, be nice to the staff. You know, say, give, them a, give them a good tip. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? Reflect the generosity of the God who's been so generous to you. I think that's important. There's one place where we go in now, and whenever we go in, they say, oh, hello, hello, because, you know, they remember something. They remember something. Hey, those people were generous. Sorry, I'm digressing a little bit. What was I talking about there? I forgot what I was talking. It was, yes, I was in there. Thank you, Carl. Thank you for listening as well, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I was in this shop, yeah, and we, a bargain shop, and me and Vivian were just queuing up, and I, I, and I saw this girl, and I, I, you try to say a friendly word to them, and I, I noticed her name was Zoe. I said, ah, oh. but I was being intentional here. I said, Zoe, that's a, that's a wonderful name. You know, that's the Greek word for life. She said, oh, yes, I know. In fact, I've just come back from a holiday in Greece, and everybody was telling me, you know, you know that your name means life, life, life. I said, yeah, and I just wanted to get into a conversation with us, and other people began to queue up, and oh, I was disappointed. But I'll go back again, and I'll hunt out Zoe and try to pursue the conversation. But we need to be intentional. Get, get on that church or that, that school board, in, in, in the place where you work, even when you're standing in a, in, in, in a, in a bus cube, be intentional. Be intentional. So we need to be radically different to this world, salt and light. If you want to be a part of God's salt and light brigade, 
You've got to be different. Incidentally, I don't even think I told you the title of my sermon this morning, did I? It's very simply this, Shake and Shine. <laughs> you remember that, won't you? I said to Matthew, my son, I said, what do you think is it, God's light, salt and light brigade or shake and shine? He said, I think I like shake and shine. And I think I do as well. Shake your salt. And shine your light. We need to be radically different to this world. We need to intentionally rub shoulders with this world. And then, in, in conclusion, we need to be absolutely certain that nothing will rob us of our effectiveness as Christians. Now, Jesus uses these images of salt and light. Salt, it stops corruption, it creates thirst. Maybe our lives should create in the lives of other people a, a thirst for God. You know what it's like when you have a piece of bacon. We had some yesterday. What a raging thirst. It creates flavor. It, it stops rottenness. All those things are very, very important. But Jesus, when he uses these images, he meant to, to suggest very strongly that we can make a difference. We can make an impact. Salt makes a difference. Light makes a difference. I, I'm, I'm one that, 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 that loves church history. I, I, I love to, to read about the, the old great missionaries and, and, and what, they, what they did. There, there was once a missionary by the name of A.W. Milne, and he went to New Guinea. And uh, when he knit, this is in the 19th century, so you can imagine what it was like. But he, but he went there, uh, and he served the Lord faithfully. He saw some incredible things happen. And when he, when he died... The people whose lives he had impacted, they, they buried them in his midst. They put up a marker, and the marker very simply said, Here lies A.W. Milne. When he came to us, there was no light, but when he died, there was no darkness. That's the impact our lives can have. But Jesus says something here. He says that we can lose our impact. We can lose our impact. He says, if the salt loses its saltiness, it's good for nothing. And don't take your light and put it under a bushel, under a bucket. A bucket. Salt can lose its saltiness. Now, I've, I've learned something a little bit about salt. Apparently, this salt here it really cannot use, lose its saltiness. It's, it's quite potent. So looking into this, apparently the, maybe the salt that was used at the time of, of Christ, it was slightly different to this. It could be easily contaminated, and when it was contaminated, it lost its potency, its power, and it was just flung out. It was good for nothing. And Jesus said, as Christians, don't lose your saltiness. Because I know Christians who have. I know Christians who are incredibly effective for the Lord. But they lost something of their saltiness. And we maintain our saltiness, I believe, by 
living according to the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount, especially maybe the, the Beatitudes and so on, but we maintain our saltiness. He says, and then don't lose your brightness. Don't lose your brightness. I think I said the last time I spoke that one of my favorite uh, Christian authors is uh, John Stott. I'm going to paraphrase something that, that he wrote many years ago. I think, and I need my glasses. It's terrible, isn't it? But this getting older is not agreeing with me. You know, when I do hospital chaplaincy, but when, I, when I bend down to see people and look at them, I'm looking around for something to help me drag myself up with. You know, it's terrible. <laughs> is anybody else at that stage yet? It's terrible. <laughs> this getting old is not agreeing with me at all, really. I'm deaf. Oh, I don't know what else I've got, you know. And I'm digressing as well. I'm paraphrasing the John Stott comment. This is what he says. If a house is still dark, or if a house is still in darkness when light falls, there's no point blaming the house. The question is, where is the light? If a lump of meat goes bad, there's no point blaming the meat because that is what happens to meat. It just goes bad. The question is, where is the salt? In the same way, when society deteriorates, and begins to stink like rotten fish, there is no point blaming society. The question that needs to be asked is, where is the church? We must never lose our impact upon this world. That's a challenging quote, isn't it? And we do, don't we? Oh, sometimes I'm looking at the news and I'm just saying, oh, Jesus, will you break the clouds and come and take us home? I, I weep sometimes at the things that are going on. And we point the finger and we say, this world is rotten, it's so dark. But maybe that's not what we should be saying. Maybe what we should be saying is this, where is the church? Where's the church? We've got we to shine in the darkness. We've got to stop this this rottenness. Could I just say a, a few things in, in conclusion? You'll be happy to know generally I'm not a long-winded preacher. Usually half an hour, 35 minutes is long enough for me. But is it okay if I go on for at least an hour and a half this morning? <laughs> no. <laughs> like one old preacher said, if you haven't struck oil after 20 minutes, stop drilling. All right. <laughs> Just as long as you get the thrust of what I'm talking about this morning, okay? Just a, just, just a concluding, few concluding thoughts. First of all, be what you are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Just be what you are. I, 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 like that. I love that story in the Sunday school where the Sunday school teacher said, What is a saint? What is a saint? And all the little children were, th and all of a sudden, a little boy remembered about the stained glass windows at, at this church that he used to walk by. And he, he put his hands up. He said, oh, please, please, miss, I know what a saint is. A saint is somebody through whom the light shines. Just be who you are. Second thing, be who you are without any fanfare. Just live your Christian life. Don't be like 
uh, which I imagine we'll come to, about the, the scribes and the Pharisees who, who made a big show of it when they, when they did this, their prayers and when they gave to their poor, you know, they made, they made such a big show of it. The trumpets were blowing. Hey, just quietly get on with your Christian life and do the right thing. You, you know, when, when the sun comes up in the morning, it doesn't go, Yoo-hoo, here I am. And you don't have to go into your workplace or into your gymnasium, which my son has just become a part of. And you don't have to go to these various places. And you don't have to go, hello, we are the light of the world. Worship. No, you don't have to do that. Not that you would anyways. Without any fanfare. You just live your Christian life. And Jesus describes our light as our good works. We're certainly not saved by our good works, but we're certainly saved for them. Just silently do good. Leave that generous tip. Say that word of encouragement to the person on the till, wherever you are. Just try to let your light shine, but not in an ostentatious. That's why I almost had problems saying that. <laughs> in that kind of a way, all right? Just let your light shine. Be what you are. Be what you are without any fanfare. And, and be, with you, be what you are in, in order that you might glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus said, let your, let your light shine before men so that they may see and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We don't want people to come to us and say how wonderful we are. But we would like people to come to us and say, how wonderful your God is. Why, why is your life so different? What, what, is, what is the thing about you that makes you different to, to other people that we meet? So my encouragement to you as I, I think I've stuck to my... My encouragement to you this morning is the shake. The salt has to get out of the shaker. Oh, it's working. It's working. <laughs> the salt needs to come in contact. And I'm not implying that my son has corrupted meat or anything, okay? <laughs> but the salt needs to get out of the shaker. It needs to rub shoulders. Shake. I didn't have to use this when I was in Africa. For some reason, I have to press it three times before the light. Shake and shine your light in the darkness. Because guess what? We really can make a difference. Because we are the salt of the earth. And we are the light of the world. Shall we just pray? Yeah. What a privilege, Lord, to be the bearers of your light in this dark world. Help us never to take that for granted. I pray that as we leave this place today that all of us will endeavor as never before to intentionally make contact with people who desperately need to see your light.
to make contact with people who have no hope. We thank you, Jesus, that you call us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And now you call us to go back into that world where you saved us from, to be salt and light. I pray for this church and for all your people here in Chesterfield. As we walk the streets of Chesterfield, that we'll just unconsciously almost shake our salt and shine our lights in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much.